Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. On the eve of the 92 grand final reunion, uh, West Coast played Geelong and they came up a bit short by 18 points, but they look like they have some belief in their vision going into the second half of the season and we'll get into that more in today's episode, but I've got to welcome our co-hosts, uh, Dan and Wayne. How are you going, boys? Uh, good, good to be after a far more spirited game. No, very good, yep. It was good to be at the game to watch, see the, the see the improvement. Yes, it was very good. The uh, the only disappointing thing at all, taking it straight off the top of the top of the show, is the crowd number was thirty two thousand. Mm. Now uh, you can put it down to COVID. You can put it down to that's the only thing you could probably put it down to because where were the other twenty two thousand? Well, it's funny. It's a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Yeah, I the weather was a little bit iffy. That's the thing. I don't think it's one thing. Everyone always wants this one big thing they can blame everything on. There's a lot. Our performances are down. And I don't care what anyone says. Any team, when their performances are down, their numbers drop. That's why I always call it the bandwagon effect when uh, teams win grand finals. Their supporter base always goes up. So that's one. Then you've got fear of COVID. There are people that don't want to go out fear mm. of COVID. It's also wet and cold. So a lot of people don't actually want to go wet and cold. And a big one is the cost of living. Like people don't want to go and pay $18 for a pie anymore. No. You know what I mean? So it's not one thing. I think it's just all these little things just build up. Yeah, look, um, it was it was a good atmosphere for the thirty two thousand there. You, well, you were there, Wayne. You you would have seen the atmosphere. Yeah. It was pretty good. So you can't. I couldn't complain too much. And at one stage, well, I'll, I'll talk about it more when we get into the show. Um, I found one disappointing part in the game, and and that's for the opposition is that we were both there when J.K. kicked his seven hundredth goal. And Hawkins kicked his 700th goal on the weekend and there was not one thing said on the PA. I think it would have been great. I put it on the board. Oh, you mean like the 700 goals? Yeah. Yeah, I've... I mean, Tommy Brass shocked his head by hand because I was sitting right above him. I think Bazo might have walked yeah. up to I oh, Look, the players knew and I think if you're listening on um, headphones or listen to commentary, you'd know. But like you said, out the ground, they got these beautiful, big Technicolor screens. Mm, yeah. And... And I guess it happens over at MCG and that as well. So, um, but pay the guy some respect. I think show the respect. I mean, you know what he's I mean? been a great player for Geelong and he's been a great player in the AFL. Whether you like him or you don't like him, he's been, he's been, you know, he's been there a long time and to kick 700 goals, geez, I'd, I'd love to kick 700. I think it's only about I'd, 20 I'd one plays, goal. isn't it? Yeah. Done it? Well, they were talking about who's going to kick it next. Um, they said uh, Cameron and Darling are the next two. But because of the age, they might not get there. Yeah, they don't think they'll get there. And no. they reckon probably you have to go all the way back to Max King or Harry Mackay or Mackay, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Carlton. So they're probably the next two that – and the way the game's played, it probably won't happen. No. They might get to 500. Oh, I can't see You know, 500. So next I, I kicked 521 in 231 <laughs> games <laughs> just, by the, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> but um, I do agree with you though, Wayne. I, I think – you got the big TV screens there. Mm. Just put a banner up. Congratulations, yeah. Sounds Goals. Because earlier in the year it happened too, and I think it could have actually been JK 700. It's Rewalt. Where was it? Was it Rewalt or was it Lynch Re- kicking 500? 
No, yeah, it was uh, Lynch. Kicking 500, I think. No, 400, I think it was. Was it 400? But just put it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I know That's it's it. competition and I know you go way back and St Kilda yeah. used to turn the sprinklers on before mm. training oh, for the opposition that. teams, you know. So I realise you mess with teams and that. Yeah. But be above that. Do these things. And I think it'll just, uh, not an olive branch, but it wouldn't make a difference either way. <clears> it just shows that we're a <coughs> respectful club. That's you know right. You know what I mean? Yeah, look. Do it, yeah. Just yeah, that's football, I guess. But like I said, it's a disappointment. Um, hopefully, they listen to us. Um, it might happen. Who knows? Who knows? Look, Cats record after the bye. They've only won up until the West Coast. They'd only won four out of seventeen. So, I just on that, I thought Eagles had a chance. Um, Definitely. Um, and as you know, I tipped them. Um, but the way they played as well, I thought we had a chance. But even though we got close, that was our ninth loss in a row and that's a record at our club. Mm. So hopefully this week we will talk about that later on in the show. We can stop that rot. Um, but let's talk about the game. The Eagles played the best quarter of footy since round four win over Collingwood in that second quarter. Mm. And were you at the ground, the crowd got up out of their feet when they drew level. I, I, and then when they got a point well in they front, got a point, you thought we'd won the grand final. It was like, oh I was like, oh my God. I, I've never anything like that for a long time. It was <laughs> incredible. It was incredible atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was interesting to see, but the third quarter, they got on top of us again on the outside, and we'll talk about that a bit more lately, later. Um, but they kicked five goals to two, and they had that comfort zone for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, I don't like harping on about umpiring, but the umpiring this year – over every game, not just Eagles games, is absolutely average. And some of the decisions I saw on that ground, and it went both ways, mm. that, that it was pathetic. And the number six umpire, whoever he is, he's taken over Mugget's number. They should be resting him for a week because he was absolutely pathetic. I mean, it's interesting. We had we won actually the free kick count quite easily. Yeah, twenty four to nineteen. But it was cr- some of the free kicks though that were paid. Is where we're, they're paid, the, the, where they paid, and when they were paid, they were just crucial, and they were no one could not, not even on the ground. I mean, I know people booing that, but you couldn't you couldn't sit there and work it out. Now, how the hell was that paid? You know, and oh, it's just what, horrendous. What, late in the game, they just had all the momentum, and it was over on the other side. So, I was probably, a, you know, I probably couldn't get a clear vision on it. But Soward looked like he got swung around twice. Yeah, it was right in front of me. Didn't yes. get. Ping for holding the ball. Then I think it was either Hearn or someone ran into a Geelong play. He grabbed him, holding the ball. Hmm. I'm saying, how can you call? And it was the same up. I go, how can you call that? And when it, you just had a guy get flipped around three times. And Selwood got a free kick out of that too because then Clark the umpire Kenny. paid. You reckon he, he he grabbed him too high out in the last minute. I mean, it was oh, ridiculous. F- yeah, because you could see the frustration because in that one too – I don't know if you saw it where you were, Wayne. He puts the ball to the ground. He yes. didn't let it go. No. But he's got the arms in the air to keep mm. his arms free. Then he's been gone, gone to ground. So the ball's gone to ground with him. Mm. And then no free kick paid. And that's when Clark came in and got him high, mm. tackled him. Because they were furious. So you could see the anger there. Yep. Um, yeah, that was just a ridiculous call. And that was the worst, I think, for the night. Um, yeah. There was a couple that were a bit... You even remonstrated with the umpires yeah. was at the three-quarter time. Well, you were right, but then on social media, you were 100% right. 
Yeah. That, that was the gaff Cameron yes. incident. Yes, yes. Mm. Well, so what are you supposed to do, mate? One's mm. gone to ground and you watch gaff turns and gaff doesn't get him in the head. You watch it, gets him in the shoulder. Yep. And the, the head does, you know, bounce because it was a heavy hit. But they've both gone for the ball. It wasn't even a bump. No. If he bumped and hit him in the head, he would then be reported and suspended. Yep. And rightfully so. We all agree on that. We said mm. earlier in the year, really, Ryan deserved his week. But he's not reported, so therefore he didn't bump and he didn't get him in the head if he's not reported. So it's another call that's very dubious. And you've got to draw the line too where, well, if Cameron's gone lower, then he's made contact below the knees to someone that actually gathered the ball. So if it's an iffy thing like that, it's like, well, does he have to actually then take his legs out and be tripped up? You know, so the interpretation of the rule is just so confusing now, like. Well, reports, Willie Rioli was reported and handed a $2,000 fine for striking uh, De Koning. Mm. It was a stupid... It, it was. Went, oh, so I said, Willie, pull your head in. You've done it a few times. That cost us a goal. And it cost us a goal because JK, JK was pissed. Mm. And you, I don't know if you saw it on TV, but he was pissed mm. for a while at Willie. Mm. And he, he, he let Willie know, and Willie knew. But it's just, just a stupid little thing. But reportable, I went... F- if that was reportable... Guff, what Guffrey did. Oh, my God. I, I cannot, just cannot believe that mm. wasn't even picked up by any um, Fox Hell, Channel 7 or whatever. Mm. The whole crowd saw it and they saw mm. it on the vision it caused and he a, didn't even get a report. And it caused a it caused a 15-player me- melee. You know, That's how bad it was. It was – uh, and I, I don't know, Dan put one up on social media and I think it was uh, somebody with a choker hold. Who yeah. was that? That was that. It was um, – uh, it wasn't at Combe, but it was on Willie Rioli, and that's why he got yeah. up and remonstrated for mm. that turnover. Mm. And to me, these things are trial by media. Mm. If the media doesn't make an uproar about an incident, mm. then it just gets swept under the carpet. And there's footage of it, and they, you know, you can see the replay. Mm. The guys, you get uh, Swiss Kowski got uh, two weeks for a chicken wing tackle where he didn't do any damage, but you see he did do the mm. tackle, lift yeah. his arm up. Now, this player's got Rion in a sleep hole. He then grabs his arm to pull it up tighter. Which is a sleep pod, what jiu-jitsu people do in the UFC, you know. Yeah, and you see it So playing. you see him grab his arm to pull it up yeah. tighter around Willie's throat. So that wasn't even mentioned. And I said, but I guarantee if the media ran with that, it would be reported and it would probably be a week or even two like the chicken wing tackle. Because the chicken wing tackle was all through the media. Yeah. He gets two weeks. This one's not mentioned. And then there you go, because it is all about Geelong right now. Making I, top four. So I feel Geelong are blessed because I feel they get a very big rub of the green, especially at their own home ground, and they get a very big rub of the green. And the difference to, and we, you know, we talk about the Selwood, that tackle 360 degrees. Now, if that was Rhett Bazo, who had been tackled, spun 360 degrees and handballed, the ball. would have been holding the ball because yeah. he's a first-year player. Who's, he's a, no one knows him, but... Joel Selwood. And, and look, it's not just this game. I, I watch – you guys are the same. We watch a lot of football on the weekend. And I reckon they've really gone lenient on that 360-degree tackle where before they were pinging it now, they're, they're letting it go. But they're letting it go on the experienced players. But the young players are getting pinged every time. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, there's a guy that does a podcast called Yank on the Footy. He's a Geelong supporter. He lives in America. Uh, picked up the game and he thanks for the call out this week he shouted out to us because mm. uh, um, he, he reviewed the game and listened to his review of the game it was brilliant because it wasn't one eyed 
Mm. And it was, and the way he said, and he said it looked like they got away with a bit more than what they could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, look, it's not just us being, you know, whinging about umpires. It's there for everyone to see. And I think, like you said, with Salwood, he gets away with a lot more than anyone else does. I agree. Um, and I just thought it was a pivotal time in the game where the momentum was all our way. Definitely. And um, you know, we're only two goals down, so. Let's get on to some players. Elliot Yo, he wound the clock back, mate. Um, at half back, 22 disposals, but 564 metres gained. Mm. Now, that's what you want. We've been talking about people running off the back half. Mm. Well, he did it, and so did Jermaine Jones. Mm. And it was refreshing to see, and I think you got a stat for us, haven't you? Yeah, well, uh, I do. You'll like this one, Wayne. Well, <laughs> okay, so that was the most uh, tax through the corridor from defensive 50 the Eagles have made in 71 games. Oh. So that is amazing. So you think how many games a year? Yeah. So it's what, four years? We haven't attacked the corridor through defensive 50. And I love that. And Yo was instrumental for it. I loved him. Mm. Get touch, get fitness up. Then if you need it, you can push in the middle. But right now, we want to blood a few midfielders in there as well. So mm. it's great. Jones, great game. But this is where I'm always hard on Jones. He now needs to... Produce Back that again on the on the weekend. Yes, mm. exactly, Wayne. Because it it's not his skill. Mm. I reckon Jones can be, on his day, one of our best players. Mm. Yeah. But it's the fact he has a game like this. He had a game like this in round one as well, where he runs, he carries, and he penetrates the lines. But now we've got to see that against Essendon. And we'll need speed against Essendon. Mm. So we need him to replicate that game. Well, speed and, and I harp on this quite a lot, and it's because he's a favourite player of mine. And I think you know who I'm going to say because it's not on the run sheet. I only thought of it because you mm. said it. I want to see Petricelli break the lines up forward. Um, there was a couple of times, and it's just confidence. It's, it's purely confidence. He didn't want to back himself. Mm. If he backed himself, I reckon he could have had two or three goals. Easy. He got one goal, two, I think, and I, I thought he played a good game. But there's just avenues there when you've got a, if you've got an open paddock, you run, mate. Mm. And, the opposite. and then when you run, that means other guys have to run. So mm. you make them accountable. And I think, yeah, his first game back, so it can't be too hard on him. So I just want to see him do that up forward. Like And like you said, Jones, you do it once, but you've got to do it again and again and again. Dom Sheed, first game back, bit rusty, still picked up uh, 20-odd possessions. Um, I like him forward of the ball. They played him forward of the ball. The only times he did go backwards, I went, get him back up the bloody forward. Because mm. he does that hook snap kick all the time. When he thinks it's perceived pressure, I don't know. But he was – I thought he was pretty good. And I'll, we'll talk about all these other players. But to me, I had Jake Warman as one of the best on the ground. Just because of the way – his first half was really good on Tom Stewart and he kicked two goals. And in the second half, he sort of like went back a bit. He drifted in the back line a bit. And Stewart only had, Stewart's been averaging twenty eight to thirty possessions. Mm. He had sixteen possessions for the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, I just thought it was, a, it was probably his best game for the Eagles in a couple of years. I, I agree. And there. He, I, he needs to do that more yeah, often. But I agree there. I thought he, he played can't really just well. Do it one off, mm. and but it just stuck out because he, he it was like he had you could see the fire in his belly. And I, I go back to. Yo, I wanted to jump in there earlier, but to me, Yo is playing in the best position, I believe, in the club. And I know you and me, Dan, we've sort of disagreed a bit on this because you like him in the middle. I, he's just a natural halfback to me and his poise on the halfback to get through and kick 40, 50 metres like Bunga Hearn used to, 
to me, is brilliant. his kick out of goal was excellent. He was kicking long. And the difference, and I know Withan had a great game in the waffle, and I, I this is what I and I mentioned this, uh, yeah. the big difference I saw is, and look, Witherden has, hasn't had too bad a season, but, you know, I'm not a massive fan, but he kicks sideways 10 metres a lot, 15 metres. The difference here, yo, he was kicking 50 metres every time, yeah. long and, and to a player. His precision of kicking the ball and his, his dash out of half back, was just outstanding. Well, he, to me, I'd love him <clears throat> half back, but today I think he said he wants to play midfield. Mm. That's what he said. He said once I get fit enough, and when I heard that, I went, "Once you get fit enough, you should be fit." But then again, I guess maybe I'm. Well, that's the key. Like, yeah, ideally, I want him in the midfield, but right now, no, I'm with you. I actually mm. want him half back, hundred uh, percent. Yo, I want him in the midfield because he's an accountable midfielder. Mm. Yeah, and I find he's our best for that. He goes both ways. But um, let's get back to Waterman quickly. And I thought, I, I watching that game, I thought, well, I have thought both you boys would be happy because Wayne, accountability. Yes, <laughs> you love yeah. that. Yeah. And Waza, you always harp on. Send a loose back. <laughs> And he did both of those things yeah. that game. So he had accountability, mm. but when it was going the other mm. way and he had to go back and defend, he sprinted mm. and was yeah. almost a loosened I, back. I think I said on our last podcast last week that the bloke we wanted to tag was Tom Stewart because yeah. he, he's, the, he's the link pin in that team. There's no question. And Waterman just got to look at his old man. His old man was a utility. Yeah. Played forward and back, ran back, gut running. And maybe his old man said something to him. You need to adapt that to your game. Yeah. And I just, it was just, it's and it's probably poor on Waterman's because he hasn't been doing that. But like Jones and Petticelli, these guys, it's your time to shine now. Mm. Take it and just take it on. And like you said, Dan, if that's the amount of times he went through the f- corridor, I can see him doing it again against Essendon because Essendon, that's all they do. Through yeah. the corridor. Especially if his brother's playing, he'll be wanting to show him up. So I don't think they'll get beaten on the outside because Essendon like going through the guts. That's right. So uh, we'll talk about that game later on. Rhett, Rhett Bazo, the 14th player to make his club debut this year. That's a record for the mm. Eagles. The last time they did that was back in 1987, the year they started. And that's 45 players they've used this year. Mm. And you're only supposed to have 42 on a list. So it shows you how... Bad our year's been. I think now True is and Cully are the only two that haven't played. Chesser, but Chesser's the oh, one out because he can't. Yeah, He's an Chesser. inactive list. So, um, yeah, I'd love them to chuck both of them in this week. I don't think they will, um, but we'll talk about that more. Tommy Barras, how do you see his game? Because um, it seemed like every double went down in the back line, Tommy Barras was there. He had an interesting battle with um, – because uh, Hawkins did a fairly good job. He what, three goals, I think. Yeah, but he wasn't an impact. No, but I, but I thought Tom Barras's marking was – pack mark. to me, he's the best pack marker in the competition. His pack marking in under pressure is is second to no one, I believe. And, and I'm not just saying because he's an Eagles player. Being a backman myself all those years, his his strength there. And just back on young Bazo, I think to go on the ground – to play on, and I think I made a comment. Look, look, Gov wasn't going that well on Cameron. He Gov's not a person who can play on a player can run around. Yeah, he got dragged out. Yeah, he got dragged but out young, a lot. Young Bazo went on to Cameron, and look, Cameron is a top four forward in the whole competition, let alone in in the, in Geelong. But he's a yeah, he's a mm. top. He was in the top three in the goal kickers in the whole competition. To go on there and 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 hold his own, 
and and just play the way he played. Oh, I think that was – and I know, Dan, you've been really pushing him in, in the waffle and our waffle rap for the last few weeks, how you were excited of him to come in. I mean, I hope he, he – I mean, I'm sure he'll stay in now. Uh, yeah, he's, week, he's in. He'll, he's got to be. I mean, Unless they bring Harry Edwards. No, yeah. Harry Edwards might come in. No. Well, yeah, we'll talk about For that, that after. Two, but, pe- two yeah, Peter meter. Yeah, I, I just think two meter between him and Tommy, they work yeah. well together too. And, you know, it was great seeing him grab the mark and, you know, thing. And, yeah, well, imagine that. Your first game, you go out and play. Yeah. And you're playing on two of the key forwards of the AFL competition, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're on Cameron one minute, then you're on Hawkins the next. Yeah. Because they, they float around. Um, like you said, Hawkins got three goals, Cameron got one. But the thing that Hawkins does so good, he, he brings a lot of players in. And gives off goals, and that was his lowest in goal assists for the year. Yeah. So um, Tyson Single got a bit on the outside, got a few cheapies. Uh, beautiful kick from Cameron that got him in oh, the yeah. goal square, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, you can't beat that. Uh, Jackson Nelson and Petrocelli, uh, Jacko Nelson, 100th, probably the most maligned player in the competition. And the Eagles, Petrocelli is 50th, so congratulations to them. And I just want a special mention to – I thought Gaff was a workhorse – wasn't flash, but he just mm. he, he and he's he, he knows the pace ain't there, right? But what I, I I observed him, he didn't stop running for the whole game. Mm. Sometimes players walk, he just kept running, and he was running and running, and that's where Jamie Cripps needs to take his game back to. Yeah, instead of walking, because Jamie Cripps pissed me up the wall, but well, I don't want to talk about it. As him. you know, I was critical of Gaffy a yeah. few weeks ago because I thought he looked too slow, but he looked like he had a bit of pace back into him on the weekend. And, and one thing I must say about Gaffy, and I watched him in the last game too, he actually – people bag him, but he tackles. He, and he, he does, ta- he tackles. And he tackles well. And he that, holds his tackles. Um, Jack Redden, I know we've been a bit tough on him as well, but that was probably one of his best games for the year. He had 24 disposals, 15 contested and seven at clearances. So – and we, we've always said, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, when he had, what, 30 metres gained? Yeah, he had 32 metres And then last, gained. the week before, he had quite a lot, and I think he had 200, 300 this week. Mm. So they're, they're starting to get a, I don't know, maybe they're starting to gel. Oh, yeah. I, I, maybe it's starting to work for we're them. We're starting to get the players back, to be honest. And um, they've had a couple of games, like Gaff's the best example we just talked mm. about. They're getting fitter by playing the games because they are yeah. carrying injuries. They are sore. Um, and we made the comment there, we can't have one player with 27 or lately it's been Kelly with 30 disposals mm. and then everyone be under 20 disposals. You need a, a consistent effort. And that's what we're getting. Like Sheed had above 20. Uh, Yo had above 20. Shuey had above 20, I believe. Redden had above 20. Gaff had above 20. And that's what you need. You need a consistent output. But for me... Someone that I call a what-if game was so close to being, like, so dominant. Thing, things went his way. And that was JK. I thought JK actually had a real good game. He dropped mm. the mark and missed two sitters for, like, that yeah. two goals that he would normally get. And then, obviously, the Rioli turned over. So, right there, I've missed named four goals that he would normally convert or get. He would normally take that mark, take a shot. He would normally convert those two that he missed. And then he would have probably converted the one Rioli had. And he kicked the couple as well. So he suddenly could have had a bag of four, five, six goals from that output, but things just didn't quite go no, his way and no. he missed a couple. So he, he, his intent was there and it was, as I said, I like to call him what if games. What if he converted? What if he got those? He would have had a bag. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, like I agree totally there. Uh, Darling probably had a bit of a quiet game, but they, they tried to take him out of the game. Mm. I think they were trying to run him out. They'd taken him wide. Um, and it, it probably wasn't a game f- 
for key forwards, even though the mm. boys at Jolong kick four between them. But they, what one thing I noticed, they were a tour side across the ground. Yeah. That they made us look small, I thought. Mm. Oh, and yeah, I think you and me were talking about when we were standing there together waiting for And I just could not believe it. I was Stingle was their shortest and he still looked big. Um but yeah, it just maybe it's a perception thing. Men and Gola. Um I didn't think Duncan had much of a no uh, game. You know, he he's always killed us. Men and Gola got a couple few things in there, but it was like a couple of their second tier players stood up and played pretty good for him. Uh Atkins, you know, he, he played pretty good. So I, look, we were beaten on the outside, nine goals from outside, um, and I think it was somebody who was saying that we get drawn in too quickly. Mm. Maybe we just got to have that one guy that hangs back in the yeah. stoppages. Things you work on, uh, as Simo said, small wins. you got to yeah. take it on board. Um, the waffle, now, i got to admit, um, I didn't see it, but you, you guys – CBK 14.690 to Eagles 8.14.62 at Optus before the game. Um, I only saw the highlights. Um, Wibbenham, I got told, was probably one of the best on the ground with 32 disposals. But Rotham uh, stood up and went in the ruck and so did Jack Williams. Um, tell us how you saw the guy, the game, guys. Well, Dan probably saw it more yeah, than Yeah, it was actually a really good game and we've talked so much about the COVID injuries and that. But now that we're starting to get players back, uh, you're seeing a, a better effort at waffle level as well. So you look at the scores and they blew out in the, in the last quarter. But that was a game where we were in it for the majority of that time too. It was only late we got blown away. And we didn't played a great game. But to me, Rotham in that ruck, I want him to come in and just pinch it in the ruck. I want him to ruck. I've, I've said this, and I don't know if it's on the podcast, but I don't think we can carry... Jamison and Williams in the same game. You need to keep one in because we need to develop them. So you, even when Nick Nat comes back, one of them has to stay in. But as far as I'm concerned, I think Jamison's jumped ahead of um, Williams in my view. So you'd keep Jamison and then bring a Rotham mm. into Ruck because we need an output from that position, if you know what I mean. Um, you see a lot of teams like uh, Tigers, it's not so much now with Nan Curvis, but they were famous for the playing undersized rucks Ruckman, yep. all the time to mm. get that more run around the ground and that. And Cats have done it for years. Yeah. And that's what yeah. really – that was the one only probably, apart from actually losing the game, one negative from that game was the fact we were beaten so badly in the ruck division, especially around the ground, by Geelong that haven't got great rucks. They got pinching the rucks almost. Do you, do you think Rotham's put his hand up to do that because he's known uh, that uh, rat Bazo's in there? Uh, they probably look at – Harry Taylor for a taller to, uh, to be honest, no, because we didn't have a ruck. No. Oh, we didn't we're, have a ruck in the game? We're, we're playing, okay. as right. you said, Jack Williams and Rotham played in the ruck. Mm. And Williams did well as well. Yeah, and 20 hit outs. Yeah, 20, 20 hit outs. outs. So 17 disposals. Bring one, of the, bring one of them in, and probably Rotham, just because he's a bit older and mature, mm. he'll probably get the tick. Williams is tall. People keep forgetting he's. he's no, uh, Williams is a. He's 199 centimetres. Yeah, no, no. It's just not the mm. problem. Oh, yeah. Skinny was, lad. Yeah. Like, but the thing with Rotham was I didn't realise he could jump so bloody high. Mm. Like his hit-outs were lovely hit-outs. Like he was controlling that ball and getting distance, you know. He was slapping it, but like three, four metres into our advantage. I saw two of the best clearances I've seen all year, one to True and one to Cully, where they we won the tap, 
got the clearance and we just ran it, you know, surely of old, you know, with Nick now. Yeah. And that's what it looked like where they ran in and delivered inside 50. So now I just mentioned I'm really trying not to get excited about Jai Carling. I didn't bombard our chat. We've got obviously an Eagle Nation chat. Yeah. I got excited for almost every disposal this kid had. So he had 20 touches. He kicked two behind. So, again, it's a what-if game if he converted those. But he also took a lovely mark inside that 50. And, and centred it. And centred it, passed it off. Mm. So he's unselfish as well, which then the player got the goal. So he's had... And five tackles. Yeah. Oh, he's a good tackle too. Mm. And he's tall. And... um. His kicking, some of his kicking inside 50 was beautiful as well. So to me, they were probably the stance I liked. True, you can just tell he's getting fitter. Yeah, he's he's got to get fit. He's basically doing what Gaff, Shui and Yo have had to do, but at Waffle level yeah. is build up minutes and build up that game time. He's an inside mid. So. And he was the other one with Cully that got that awesome clearance. Yeah. And that was great to see. So my top three would have been Rotham, Witherden and Cully. Jack Williams, as you said, Wayne, he also had 20 hitouts, yeah. so I love that. And who comes in, who goes out, I don't know, but I think that's something we really got to look at mm. is the ruck division. As I said, you've got to pick one. You've got to keep Jamison in or Williams in. Yeah. My opinion is just opinion is keep Jamison in, yeah. but the other position has to then go to, well, who can give the team the most, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we'll, we'll talk about more about that in the next segment. Um, we had nine players in the waffle, so that was pleasing. And the thing that, because I didn't see the game, I'm assuming that they rucked against Alahunty. Yes. Yes. So if Robin's beaten out, if they're getting taps out on him, that's pretty mm. good. Because I've spoken about Alahunty many times. I think Alahunty had 27 hitouts himself. Yeah, yeah. So well, he did well, but mm, it was just when Robin was winning the hitout. Yeah. I was just surprised at how decisive that hitout yeah. was. Um, and I did. I didn't think it had him. He had it in him, Wayne. And um, mm. yeah, I'll, I'll, well, gi- I'll well, give him a shot at it. Well, Cully had six inside fifties. Uh, Winder had three inside fifties. I heard he had a real quiet first half. Second half was better. Uh, Foley, they said as the game got gone, he got better as well. Uh, he was even get inside fifties. Um, and Nash, they said probably oh. dropped away. Sorry, I have to mention this because Wayne will love this one because we talked about it earlier. Witherden got the ball in the defence mm. and the seas parted for him. So he's like, all right, he had to run. So he's running, taking a bounce. No one comes to him, takes another bounce. No options really up forward, keeps running, takes another bounce. He had four or five bounces running through the corridor to, to put that ball inside 50. I have never seen a player so gassed before. <laughs> yeah. that the funniest thing was about this was I don't know if – he didn't hit the target or it was contested ball, but it, there was no goal scored from that passage of play. Mm-hmm. But then what happened, he was too exhausted to run back. Yeah. So he's almost exhausted, puffed in our forward line, and then somehow he got gets a mark because he's loosened our forward line because he just sprinted all that way. And he got – I can't remember if he got the goal or he had a shot on goal. But, oh, God, if you can see the image, it was so funny. He took four <laughs> bounces through the corridor, brought it in to our forward 50, and then – Within a couple of plays, he had the ball and shot on for goal. It was funny. It's almost comical. Uh, there's one player, and I, I, the Eagles got this kid on the list for a reason, I think, and I reckon they're going to pick him up as a rookie, is Josh Brown. He's just rack- He's averaging 27 disposals a game. So how did he go? Uh, played very well. Um, 
There's, was he playing there's, across there's, a halfback or the forward? Oh, they move him along. Uh, uh, even a wing midfield, yep. they do like to get him in there. Um, there's two waffle players that aren't on our list or our senior list that really impressed me this year: Brown and Deegan. Uh, Deegan had a bit of a quieter game. Yep. Still contributed, and I believe that's who uh, Cully set up for his goal too. Mm. I think Deegan got a goal from a beautiful, um, unselfish pass to Deegan. Um, but, yeah, those two all year have been so consistently good for the Eagles, I find, that they're the two surprise packets. Uh, I think we do have to bring in you. So these rookie piss, picks, people are so quick to retire all our senior players. Oh, yeah. That, that's not mm. what you do to rebuild a list. No. You do you do move them on. You Two, three a year. You don't want to just six, seven go in one year. No. What you do is you have list cleanups. And it sounds horrible, and I'm not going to name players. Well, Hearn and, Hearn and Redden, they're two guys in question now. Do they go on? Well, if you took age off the plate, you know, off the table, yep. you wouldn't be dropping any of no. our senior players. No. But is Kennedy still a leading goal kicker? You know, yeah. but he's old, so you've got to make room for the next ones coming because they're declining. And the thing that sounds harsh is, yes, you get rid of them because too often they start to decline. You keep them on because they're still performing, but then their last year, they're, they're a shell of themselves. Well, so we don't want that. Well, realistically, Redden's leading, probably going to lead leading in our BNF. Well, now, now, now Gov's out. He's been out. He's missed a few games, and he's going to be out for multiple yeah, weeks. Yeah, well, now. if you go on the voting, how they vote, he would be leading. He'd be leading. So, so at the end of the season, what do you do? You know, like his wife's having about to have another baby. But um, he, does he want to keep going? It, it could be his call. So it could be Bunger's call. Uh, the only one that's, I think we said last week, JK's the only one who's put his hand up saying it is it. Yeah. So there's going to be some interesting questions. Like you said, you don't throw everyone out with the bathwater. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but like you said, at the moment, it's the more experienced guys that are standing up. So these younger guys that have to come up yeah. and get the bride. Now let, let's get on to the next game. Sorry, not all of them are standing up. Well, no, well, no but they mm. – well, yeah, we won't mention we, – we mention it all the time. You must have a picture of a goat or something. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway – and every time I do say yeah, that, he does a, something good. He's got a picture of Sheed? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll pay that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Eagles versus the Bombers this Friday night. Uh, yes, it's two days' time. Um, 6.40, it's a late one, so um, hopefully there more people can get there because of the traffic. It's live on KO, Fox and Channel 7. Uh, the Bombers are coming off a 35-point win over the Saints there. Three wins, 12 losses, 16th on the ladder. Um, they've met 56 times, Eagles. Bombers have the Woodobras, 30-26. to 26. There's only a couple of other teams that have a better ratio against us, and that's Swans, Power, and now the Cats after last week. But um, the Eagles' biggest winning margin against Essendon is 99 points back in 1988. But you'll remember this one, mate. I, I don't know if you were born, Dan. You were a bit young for this That's one. Harsh. The Windy Hill. Hey, you're, you're a young guy. I was born. Oh, I, I can't remember the game. But you're younger, better us. Yeah. Um, I can never forget this one. Uh, Windy Hill. One goal, 12. One goal, 12. Chris yeah, Lewis was the only guy who kicked the goal. Yeah. Um, they tied the windsock down. It was mm. – it was – it was a shitty day. Shitty weather. They turned the hot cold water on the showers. Oh, it was. It was just crap. And some of the points, honestly, you'd be hanging your head in shame if you saw some of the points where they were missing them from. 
Um, but that's their biggest, and that's our biggest loss, 142 points back in 1989. So um, let's hope it's a very close game this week, and I think it will be. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the injured players for both clubs. Essendon, like you said, you'd love to have their injury list. Nick Cox, he's out for six to eight weeks. Hurley, he's indefinite, so he'll probably retire at the end of the year. Poor guy, because I love watching him play. Uh, Parrish is a test, so he could come back in with a calf because they're flying over. I don't know if they will. Um, and Devin Smith, he's out for the rest of the year with a knee. With the Eagles, we've got Tim Kelly that could be coming back, Liam Ryan and Petresky Seaton. Uh, they all had illness. So you'd probably say two of them will come into the AFL side. Uh, Samo would probably play the waffle, do you, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely put him in. Um then, Obviously, Kelly and Ryan, they've played Waffle. It was just illness. You bring those two in, I'll say. Your man's back, the X-Man, Xavier O'Neill. Yes, yes. So I probably can see him coming through the Waffle. Definitely. Oh, no, he, yep. would, he would have to yep. get some get games minutes under his belt for sure. I, I hope if Ryan – to me, Ryan's very lucky to coming straight back in. That's my opinion. Because he, he was extremely ordinary when he yep. went out. His, his Waffle game back. He looked to me very unfit. He's holding back on his kicks um, and he looked unfit in that game. So I hope he's got his fitness up because I thought he in the very Waffle game in the first half. Back in. I thought in the first half in the Waffle game against Claremont, he was one of our best players. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was pretty ordinary. In the third quarter, um, he got taken off a lot by the strength and conditioning guys and they worked on him. Um, he, he'll come back in because of the X factor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right, so, um, and the big one is Nick Natnui. He's a test. So. To me, if he's fit to play, I'd play him. You guys? No. Waffle or AFL? Waffle. Don't uh, care who he is. Yeah, see. I like the impact, I, like I sh- you said. I should, uh, no, I should honestly be leaning towards what Wayne said. Like, it shouldn't matter. It should be same rules for everyone. But it's not like that in the rule. Players what? sometimes get targeted in Waffle, and I don't know. Because Nick Nat's always on managed minutes. Yep. So his impact, as currently said with Ryan, he's an X-Factor. He's an X-Factor ruck. I said bring in Rotham because I'm finding we're lacking that. With Jamison and Williams, I find right now that's our weakest position spot. Do you gain, have much to gain playing a star like Nick Nat in the waffle where you're basically going to have a, a waffle ruck just bashing and crashing into him the whole game? That, that's his job. You know, That's all he's going to well, do. Rem- a 60-70% Nick Nat in that side I think would be better than, say, what Williams is produce, producing. Yeah. Um, but it's I wouldn't rush him either mm. because he's training, he's doing a heavy training load and he has for a while. But I think we need to make that ruck change. The only issue is if you want to play him in the waffle game first, next week I believe is a buy for the Eagles or something. I don't think there's a waffle game on next week. So it's this week or he has to come basically straight into the Eagles well, or he won't play for another three weeks or something or like that. Or they don't play him at all this week, get the training load into him yeah. and then play him in the AFL next week. But like you said, um, I'd, it, 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 horses for courses, I guess. To me, because of the impact he would have in 50% of the game would be greater than 100% what Bailey Williams or Jamison would do. So that's the only reason I'd be bringing him to the AFL. Only if he can got the workload into him, which I believe he has. But be interesting. Um, Bombers, you know, 
you never know what to expect with the Bombers. Um, I think St Kilda made them look good last week. I don't know if they were that great. I just thought St Kilda were pretty bad. Uh, Stringer, Hine, Shields, Caldwell and Hobbs, he was the rising star. I disagree there. I, I, I think you're as good as the opposition let you be. And to Essendon's credit last week, they really put them under pressure. They had a they had a quarter there, I think, where Saints kicked five goals. I think you and me yeah, talked about that. Saints yeah. kicked six in a row, yeah, and then and thought, oh, maybe they five. five. But then they stepped up their yeah. their pressure again, and then Essendon and, and five. locked it back in. And yeah, so I think no, I think they did a bloody good job. And you know, they're like us; they're they probably need they're under pressure. They need to really push forward. The coach does especially. Well, they have no fears. They've beaten us over here before. That's right. Um, I. I you know, if Stringer turns it on, we can be in trouble. But that's the big if. The, you know, he's the the, the goey of Essendon, I guess. Mm. Um, when he's hot, he's hot. When he's not, he's not. So, uh, look, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I don't think weather's going to be a factor. Six forty at night might be a little bit for in favour of us. Um, but if Eagles bring what they bought against Geelong, the intensity, yes, and the hunger and the belief that they do. I'm tipping – well, I'm tipping West Coast to win by 16 points. So what's your winner in margin, boys? Well, uh, just a little quick one. I thought – I said to a couple of guys, I said, oh, it could be – you know, this could be the game of the, the round. And then I quickly got pointed out. Oh, yes. One plays two, ten plays 14. We're 18, they play 16. Five plays three, four plays six, seven plays eight. Yep. 17 plays 15. Nine plays 13, and the real big game, I think, this weekend is Port Adelaide 12th plays Suns 11th. The loser of that, I would say, was going to struggle to make the eight. But, yeah, I, I, I'm taking us to win, and I'm taking us to win by three goals. I think we'll go three goals this week. Uh, I think Eston by 13, an unlucky number. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad somebody went Essendon. I'm just so... the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just so torn because I'm sitting here and I'm like... And I said this to Wayne. We're not. I personally feel we're nowhere near as bad as we have been this year. Yep. And we've talked about reasons. <laughs> we've basically done a podcast all year about the reasons because it's been one of those years, sadly. That glass half full. It's a blessing because we'll get these picks. So how many games do I actually want to win? And I'm finding that's a very awkward position to be in because I don't want to win too many games. One or two, maybe. That's it. Well, look, we don't even have to win, and we can get. We can rise because we're 0.1% oh, yeah. behind North Melbourne. So if we lost by 16 points and they lost by 30 points, we're going to go above them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Um, I can't see us getting above 16th mm. because let's be face it, Essendon got some easier games coming up. They'll probably win some. If Essendon win this one, we definitely won't get above 16th. Mm. But that's that's kind of my point is I don't know if I want to Dan's win, happy about win that this game. Especially like, we've, after, said that, we've said that before. Yeah, I, I want to win one, two more games because, you know, I want to see wins. But if Essendon win this, then suddenly they're three games ahead of us. Yeah. We win one, two games. That's not going to affect it. We're guaranteed yeah. a top two spot almost. Yeah. Like. And Ashcroft had 51 possessions on the way in mm. and 27 of them were contested. Uh, he's been holding out. I'm wondering if he's holding out to see who's, who, who's going who to be the one and two before yeah. he commits to being father and son. Oh, he has said he won't make a decision until the end of the year. Mm. He has said that. So, look, at the end of the day, it's a line ball thing. If you back your culture in, you just say, look, sorry, buddy, we're picking you. Mm. If, if Eagles finish and he doesn't say Brisbane, so we're, we're picking you. We're backing our culture that you'll like it here. 
Mm. And that's what you got to do. But a lot of people on um, Facebook and Twitter and all that, oh, but if we give up number one, number one isn't the be end or be all or end all, you know what I mean? Mm. So Sometimes the second pick's the way better player. I think anyone in that top ten you know usually what I mean? is pretty handy. Yeah, so um, part of me wants to win, but like you said, part of me wants to have that prestige of the number one pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a prestige and what you can do with it. So, say if he does do Brisbane Lions, yeah, split it or whatever. So, mm. and you get it's more pick for me, pick one, it's more about pick 19. Because mm. you get pick one, you get pick 19. Yeah. And to me, that's an even better pick because you can split that. You know, clubs are going to come at you. Because clubs want it, because it's the first pick of the second night. Because and we've we've already got a couple of good picks in the second round already, haven't we? We've got as it yep. stands at the moment, we have got pick one, pick nineteen, and pick twenty seven. Mm. Oh, they won on the weekend. Then I thought it was twenty five. So um, that's as it stands, but that's different. And then we've got thirty six. Mm. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So get down to the Eagles, guys. Uh, I can't remember who they play. Oh, I think they're playing South Fremantle, aren't they? The the Eagles? Not sure. In the Waffle? I think it's, get, it's, uh, at, it's at Yeah, it's at Mineral Resources. Mineral, yeah, Mineral Resources Park. Park. Yeah. So get down there, uh, guys, support the club. Uh, obviously, South Fremantle outside the home game to them. So, or vice versa, whatever it works out because we can't have home games. But, um, yep, uh, join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, tell your mates about it. Um, we're on all these podcast platforms if you're in America uh, I think some of you are listening on Amazon because it's not available over here, but we've got a pretty big following over there at the moment. It's really good. So mm. half the numbers are coming from America. Very good. So um, might get a couple of guys on to send us some questions or something and we'll deal with what we can. Uh, go Eagles, eh? Yeah. Have a good weekend, boys. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're back in the studio hopefully next week as well. Catch ya. See Bye. Yeah.